Uh, let's start off with a bit of a story tonight. A few years ago, I think in maybe youth, Slater or one of the other youth leaders, I think this is where it started, gave me a nickname, the nickname of Big Betsy. Now, a bit of backstory. Uh, I used to do a workout a whole lot more than I do these days, and I was all into eating healthy and you know, building muscle and all that good stuff. And so I somehow coined this nickname, Big Betsy. And I'm not sure how well it sticks today. But you should have seen me in school. I was something else. I always win an awards for the smallest, shortest, lightest. It's the smallest in physical stature student out there. I mean, when I hit year seven, oh, I thought I'd made it. Year seven, the end of primary school at the time. I was like, you know what? I'm one of the oldest kids in the school now. No young kid's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to high school next year. And then first break came around and I went out uh, to kick a football or whatever and I encountered some year three students who were taller and broader and physically larger than I was. I was a small kid growing up. Um, I always felt like the smallest kid in school, even through high school. I never really grew. I had one growth spurt. I think I grew this much. Uh, And that's about it. And somehow made it to the height I am today, which is not exactly the tallest person out there. I felt small. And if you were to to say to me, Matt, what we need you to do is direct the class uh, and instruct them on how to do something, I would say you're joking. I'm one in 20. Not only am I small in number, I'm this tall. How am I going to influence a class? If you were to say to me, Matt, we need you to get up there and speak to 100 people, I would say you have got to be kidding and I'd run away and hide. Like not only was I small, I thought small and I didn't think because of my smallness, I didn't think I could influence anyone. Has anyone ever felt like this? Has anyone ever been the smallest kid in the class? Hands up if you're that person. A couple of us. Hands up if you're sitting next to that person and they're not admitting it. A couple of us. (laughs) Hey, sometimes we feel small. Feeling small in the grand scheme of things is not an uncommon feeling. Maybe you you work in a workplace and there needs to be some changes, let's be real. And you've come up with some great ideas on how to do that. But you're one of like 100, 100, 200 employees and maybe you feel like your voice is so small it won't be heard. Or maybe your family has a tradition of celebrating birthdays at a particular restaurant. I'm talking brothers, sisters, mum, dad, grandma, grandpa, cousins. Everyone gets together at a particular restaurant and you're sick of it. You're just like, nah, I'm sick of eating Italian. We've got to go and eat Chinese. But you don't want to go against the family tradition in front of all those people and tell them otherwise. Maybe you're the only Christian in your friends or family and you'd love a conversation with someone, a deeper conversation about your faith, but you're scared to bring it up because of what they might think. Has anyone ever felt like that before? They felt, I guess, their smallness in those situations. Has anyone ever felt it hard to bring up an idea or something that you're not sure other people are on the same page of? Has anyone ever felt that before? I know for me, when I was new to walking with Jesus, I didn't want to talk to my friends and family about my faith because I was scared. Like, how was I going to talk, tell them about my faith, let alone Jesus, if I'm scared about what they're going to say or what they're going to think or what might happen at the end of it? I just felt too small. Who's experienced that? Felt small in their situation. Yes? Yeah, come on. 2016, Slater approaches me. It was after youth one night. And he says to me, Matt, I've got to talk to you. And we're, we're in McDonald's uh, down on Margaret Street. He said, I'm like, okay, Slater, yeah, let's talk. He's like, no, 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 not here. Come with me. He take, grabs me. We go outside, out the front doors, into the car park, to like the furthest car away in the car park. And I'm thinking the whole walk there, what have I done? 
I am, I'm busted. I don't know what for. I've got all these things going through my mind. And, and Slater, he says to me, he says, Matt, um, Pastor Chris and, and Pastor Edgar and Edna in the Philippines have invited me to go and speak to some youth leaders in the Philippines about discipleship. I said, that's great, Slater. That's an awesome opportunity. In the back of my mind, I'm still thinking, what have I done? <laughs> What's this got to do with whatever roasting I'm about to get? And he says to me, Matt, I'd like you to come with me. I think my jaw, like I had some gravel rash on my jaw from hitting the ground. Uh, I was shocked. I was so shocked. I was, I was there. I'm like, why would you ask me? I mean, I'm just, a, I'm just a young person. I don't have too much experience in leadership. In fact, I've barely been following Jesus three years. Uh, why would you choose me? What sort of an impact am I going to make? I mean, like that's a missions trip, right? And he goes, yeah, that's a missions trip. And I'd heard about missions. We'd had mission Sunday at church. And I'd always heard about missions as this big, faraway, overseas thing, right? We talk about missions, that's the first thing that comes to our mind. One of the verses we talked about at church was Matthew 28, 18 and 19, uh, where Jesus says, All authority on earth and heaven has been given to me, and go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so I'd heard this several times. I'd read it, and I'd, I'd, I'd thought about it. This is like potentially the one thing that Jesus actually asked the church to do, the one thing that he potentially asked us to do. And I'd heard it enough, I'd read it enough, I'd gathered that Jesus is not talking about my token friend. You know that one friend that we always reach out to? Who's got a friend like that? Yes? Jesus is not actually just talking about them. He is talking about me. He's talking about us going out and changing the nations. And I had a little bit of an issue with that. Nations, nations, like there's 195 nations on planet earth. We're one nation, there's 194 others, and then there's like two states that are technically nations, but not quite. So that's 197 nations, and then there's 7.8 billion people on the planet. I'm one person. If you've run the numbers, that's a really small percentage. That's like 0.0000000128 or something like that percent. It's so small. There's 197 countries or nations. There's 7.8 billion people, and I'm just one person. I do the maths, and um, last time I checked, one is a very small amount of 7.8 billion. Like, what difference was I going to make? So missions is always this big picture thing that was overseas that I'd never really understood. Jesus paints the picture, go and make disciples of all nations. And I'd see that, that picture, and I would just once again think, I'm so small just like I was in school, just so small. How am I going to make a difference? What impact am I going to make? What would I contribute? Has anyone felt like that when we talk about missions? Maybe you've heard about what we're doing in other countries and, and thought, cool, I could never do that. Or maybe you've seen it and thought, oh, that's great, but you know, missions just, it just isn't my thing. Going overseas, traveling, you know, that's just not my thing. And you know what, that's okay. Maybe you've thought that before. Maybe you were like me and you just thought it was so far overseas. We talked about it a few times a year and that's, that's cool, but how will I ever contribute to that? So in that time in the car park when Slater was, said, come, he, said, he also said, don't decide now, go away and pray about it. And so I went home and I, I sat down and I said, well, Jesus, um, I've never been out of Australia. I've been out of Queensland twice. Um, Philippines is quite a distance away. What should I do? And over about a week, I really felt something in me just say, go. 
No idea why. I still felt like I couldn't contribute, but I, it, something in me said go, and I thought, well, I'm just going to give it a crack. And so there I was in the Philippines. And uh, what we were doing there was speaking to young people, and I thought we were just sharing information leading up to the trip. We were just going to go, share some information, and that would be about it. But when I was there, I had a revelation that what we were doing was actually not just sharing information, but it was empowering young Filipino youth leaders to go back from that conference to their community, to reach out to their friends, to make disciples of their nation, their community. And I had this revelation and it, it kind of shook me. I realized that mission doesn't start in an overseas country. Mission actually starts with me. Mission starts with me. I realized that Jesus paints this big picture of what mission is, go and make disciples of all the nations. But there was a part that I could play in that picture, even though I was one in 7.8 billion, there is a picture, sorry, a part in the picture that I could play. And so tonight we're going to look at that. We're going to look at the big picture and everything in between. Right. Matthew 28, Jesus paints a big picture. But if you've ever looked at like a big scenery picture, a big landscape media, if I could have that uh, picture on the background, please. If you've ever looked at a big picture and it's like, it looks huge, but within a big picture, there are so many small details. Some of you might recognize this. This is Van Gogh's Starry Night. He was a painter from hundreds of years ago. Um, and we look at this picture. Just look how brilliant it is. Like, I don't really understand art, but I can look at that and understand that that is a brilliant picture. That demonstrates so much talent. Uh, something I could, man, if I, I can draw a stick figure and it's embarrassing. But I look at that and it, it's such a big picture. But then again, I look at it at all the different details, the stars, the way the sky is painted, the, the little village, the trees. There are so many small details, so many techniques, so many images within the big picture that create the big picture, that without the small part, this wouldn't be the picture that we know it of as today. And I realized in the Philippines that missions was not about being the big picture. It was not about trying to be the one who makes disciples of all the nations, but it was about finding yourself in everything in between, finding your role in the everything in between that builds up to the big picture. Jesus calls us to make disciples of all nations, but what he's really calling us to do is find our place in that, to find our part in that. So we're going to look at that tonight. What is the everything in between? What does it look like? What's our role? How do we do it? So, Pastor Chris, this morning, he preached out of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Well, he opened his message there, and I thought, oh, he's preaching my message. Thankfully, he went on a different direction. But uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, this is the last thing Jesus says recorded in the New Testament to the disciples. If we can get that on the screen. He says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He's pretty clear here. Right? This is the last thing Jesus says. I think it's one of the clearest. We'll be his witnesses, so we'll represent him in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And I think this is a pivotal verse. It's a key verse when we're trying to understand what this everything in between is when it comes to the big picture. So we're going to look at some keys in that. Firstly, the words, my witnesses. Jesus says, we will be his witnesses. Now, what is a witness? We would think of a witness as someone who has seen the, let's go, the crime or the situation or the accident happen. They were a witness to that scenario. And they're there to give solid evidence on that scenario happening. 
The Greek word there is martus. We'll look at that in a moment. I've probably butchered that. It's spelt like martyr, pronounced really differently. But we're going to look at that in a minute. We would see this uh, witnesses as someone who is there and can give solid examples, solid evidence. And this works really well for the disciples who are hearing Jesus say that, right? They were walking with him. They heard what he was saying. They saw what he was teaching. They actually spoke with him. They knew him personally. But there's an issue when it comes to us because this is 2020 and we weren't there. So how, how are we going to be a witness if we weren't there to see the physical stuff happen? What if there's more to this verse than that? And this Greek word for witness, martyrs, plays a key in there. It's used in a historical context. And the, dis- the, the definition of this word in this context is to serve as a testimony of. If we look at that a little deeper, Jesus is calling them to serve as a testimony of him. Think of it this way. When we see the, photo or the, pa- the picture, the painting of Starry Night, if we get that back on the screen, if we see this picture, we look at that. And it serves as evidence, as a solid example, as a clear picture that Van Gogh is an incredible painter. You don't even have to know who he is to know that he's got incredible talent. He is incredibly gifted at what he does. It is a picture. We see the picture and we see who Van Gogh was, right? So if we apply that to us, if Jesus is asking the disciples to serve as a testimony of, he's asking them to live in such a way that when people look at them, they see him. And when we look at this, this verse like that, when he says, you will be my witnesses, and we apply that to us today, it doesn't mean we have to have been there to see Jesus literally walk on the water. But what it does mean is he's calling us to live in a way that when people look at us, they see him. They get a picture of who Jesus is through the way we live our life. And what that looks like is this. If you are out every weekend partying and drinking, or you're gossiping and complaining about your colleagues, or you're wasting time and money, or poor, you have a poor and negative attitude on life, people are not going to see Jesus very clearly at all. They're going to get a muddied image, and they're not going to be sure what they're looking at. But on the other hand, if we're pursuing our vision, or a dream, or a calling, or something we're passionate about, we're pursuing it. We've got a vision for our life. If we're maintaining a great positive outlook in our life, if we are building quality relationships, if we're using wisdom to guide our decisions, people will look at the way we live our life and they will easily get a picture of who Jesus is. And this is foundational. If we want to find ourselves in the everything in between, this is the foundation. We have got to be his witnesses. We've got to live in a way that represents him. Cool. Jesus continues on. He says, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. He's calling the disciples to live that way in their local community. For us, that's Toowoomba, that's the Darling Downs, that's Queensland, that is Australia. Jesus is calling us to live in a way that demonstrates him in our community, in our sphere of influence, wherever that is, whether that's with your friends, whether that's with your family, whether that's with your co-workers, or even just walking about Grand Central, picking a brand new pair of shoes, something I get my wife to do for me. Thanks, Is. <laughs> hey, that, that means if you're praying for people, if you're looking for opportunities to engage with people or to share with people or to invite people to hang out with you, you are part of the everything in between. That's building the big picture. If you're being generous towards the people in your world, if you're shouting them coffee or buying them a gift when they're down, if you're spending time on your day off to help them out or be with them because they really need someone with them, that is building the bigger picture. That's part of the everything in between. If you're in a life group, and your group's inviting people regularly. You know what? That's part of the everything in between. That's the bigger picture. 
And this goes past just our immediate world into the community as well. I think of Thrive Youth going into Wilson and State High School two days a week running a breakfast club. I think of Kate and Nicole starting a life group with the uh, Fairhome Border Girls who are up there. We don't see family. They're just living on campus, starting a life group with them. I think of the generosity of our church that last year bought uniforms and sensory aids to school for students in schools that couldn't afford them. Uh, I think of the opportunity we have to provide food for refugee families fleeing from persecution when they first arrive in town. I think of that. That's living in a way that demonstrates how Jesus would have lived, that demonstrates who Jesus is when people look at it. And what about our country? Dennis and Rose Wooldridge, our Western Queensland missions partners, they are out in the far west. They go out there, they build a relationship with people, they visit people, they help them out, um, not just like farmers, but families as well. They're there fencing, they're building, they're cleaning, they're mustering, they're cooking. Whatever it is that is going to demonstrate Jesus' love for these people to help them out, they are out there making a difference. They are part of the everything in between. And on a side note about those guys, there's a trip going in July. If you want to be a part of that and experience what they do out there, go talk to Pastor Dean or come and see us. Um, But all of these things, whether we are living in a way that demonstrates who Jesus is in our personal world, in our local community, in our country, all of these things are the everything in between. That's building the bigger picture. And there's one last area that Jesus talks about, uh, and that is to the ends of the earth. And I read this and I think, that is the other, other nation stuff. That's overseas. That's those countries outside of Australia. But you don't necessarily need to go and visit these countries to go to the ends of the earth necessarily. Now, if it's on your heart to go, please go. Absolutely. It will change your life. I can change mine. I can promise you that. But let's think about what Jesus is saying to the disciples. He's saying to them, go to the ends of the earth. That meant going to people and to places that they'd never met, those people they'd never met, those people they'd never seen. They'd probably never thought of these people before. It was an encouragement to go out, to get out of their comfort zone and engage with people they'd never seen before. And that asks the question to us today. Are you willing to engage with or to sow into the lives of people you've never met? Are you willing to leave your comfort zone? Are you willing to leave your Jerusalem or your Toowoomba, if I put it that way? Are you willing to leave your comfort zone to go to places, to go to people you've never been to before? What conversations with people that you've never had that you know you need to have? Maybe the end of the earth looks like this. Maybe you're the kind of person that is really good at small talk, all that surface level conversation, but struggles to go deep with people. Maybe the ends of the earth for you is opening up in a conversation, is digging below the surface level. Maybe it's asking your friend about their faith or how they're going on their walk with Jesus. Maybe that is going to the ends of the earth, especially if it's someone you've never had that conversation with before. Maybe it's instead of waving to your neighbor every morning, it's going and having a conversation with them. Maybe that is going to the ends of the earth for you. See, what we do in other nations, in the the literal end uh, end of the earth in that sense, it's to kickstart something that we know will begin to influence other people, something that will self replicate and begin to bring people on the journey with Jesus in their communities. It's simply helping them go to the ends of the earth in their community as well. So church, why don't we be encouraged? Let's go and do that in other people. We have that opportunity every day to engage people with where they're at, to take them on a journey, to teach them to engage others and take them on a journey as well. Don't just sit in life group. Work on your leadership so you can run one one day. Invite people to the group. 
Engage with them. Take them on a journey. Don't keep quiet when your friends need wisdom. Share with them. Build relationship with them. Wherever the ends of our worth are, that's part of the everything in between. That's building the bigger picture. So the big picture and everything in between. Can I encourage you guys? It is not about being the big picture. I know it's easy to think that when we hear about missions, it's like, oh, we've got to go and we've got to reach all the nations and go out on the streets everywhere we go. No, it, it's not about being the big picture, but it's about finding your part in the everything in between, finding your role in building the bigger picture. And so I've got some questions for us as we finish to help us apply that. Number one, do I see the big picture as something I have to be or something that I can be a part of? Number two, Am I living a life that reflects who Jesus is to those around me? Or you could put it this way, am I muddying the waters for people who are looking for Jesus? Number three, what opportunities, people or moments do I need to be praying for? Number four, there we go. how could I use my talents, my abilities, your giftings, your passions, you could say, to make a difference in my world? What could I do? Where could I go? Number five, how will I find myself in the everything in between? What could I do? Oh, we've asked that. How will I contribute towards building the bigger picture? Where will you find your place in the everything in between? How will you contribute towards building the bigger picture? Why don't we stand? We're going to pray as we close. So I'd love it if we could bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you're here tonight and just before we pray, uh, as we've been speaking about the bigger picture, about the everything in between, about finding our place in that, uh, maybe part of the message really spoke to you. Maybe you felt God really speaking to your heart. That might have looked like uh, a particular area has kept coming to your mind about what, or something, an idea, something, something that you could do to contribute towards the bigger picture. Maybe your interest sparked on a particular topic like going on a trip or praying for a friend. Maybe you need to know maybe you need to become part of the everything in between. So we're going to bow our heads and close our eyes. And if that's you here tonight and you really feel you need to respond to what God is saying to your heart right now, why don't you just raise your hand as we pray. Jesus, we thank you so much that you have provided us the opportunity to not just to go on a journey with you, but to partner with you and engage in your big picture for what's ahead. Lord, we thank you for every person that is responding to what you're saying to them tonight. Lord, we pray you would open doors of opportunity for them. We pray that you would just walk with them as they take a step of faith into an area they've never been into, where you boost their confidence as they reach out to those friends that engage in those areas, Lord. We just thank you that you've got so many ways that you can work in our lives and the different spheres that we have in our, in our family, our friends, our communities, our nations, Lord. We just declare that you would open doorways for us so that we could represent you to the nations and the people around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed just for a moment longer. Um, tonight we've been talking about finding ourselves, our part in the big picture that Jesus paints. Maybe you're here tonight and you wouldn't say you see yourself in that picture. Maybe you wouldn't say that you're on a journey with Jesus right now or that you're walking with Jesus right now. Maybe you have in the past, um, but that's not currently where you're at right now. See, Jesus is inviting you to be part of the big picture. He's not painting this big picture for it to be exclusive to a certain group of people that seem to have it figured out. Jesus is actually painting the big picture and he is inviting you to be a part of that. He is inclusive of everyone. See, 
That's been God's plan from the beginning. That's been God's plan from the get-go. It's not to have a, a special group of people, but it's to invite everyone into the picture that He's got for them. And I want to uh, give you guys an opportunity tonight. If that's you here tonight, if you would say, you know, I'm not part of that picture. I have no idea what's going on there, but I'm on a journey. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the invitation Jesus has for you tonight. And it's as simple as saying, yes, Jesus, I want to, I want to partner with you. I want to come into the big picture. I want to experience the life that you've got for me. So all I'm going to ask you to do is not, not going to embarrass you or bring you up the front or anything, but as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if that's you here tonight and you know you need to engage with Jesus, you want to partner with Him on that journey, you want to become part of the picture He's painting, why don't you just raise your hand in this place? Maybe that's you here tonight for the first time. Yeah, I see that hand, mate. That's fantastic. Maybe you're here tonight. That's so good. And you, you've been on that journey with Jesus before, but right now you would say, I'm not really walking with Jesus. Hey, this is an opportunity for you to, to re-engage. Jesus wants to meet you with where you're at. It doesn't matter where you've been, but He's meeting you where you're at. See that hand? You can pop that down. That's so good. Maybe that's you here tonight as well. Just give it a moment. I want to give everyone a chance to respond. Well, Jesus, thank you so much for people responding to you, for people uh, taking your hand and walking with the, with you on that journey. Lord, we just thank you that you've got a place for them in the big picture, Lord. We thank you that you're going to reveal to them over the coming days, weeks, months, the part you've got for them in the picture, the life you've got for them. We declare it and we thank you in your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. And hey, why don't we give it up to, for people who made that decision tonight? How good is that? I promise you that's the best decision you'll ever make. Walking with Jesus, it's full of surprises and it will take you to places you never thought possible. It's like, I don't have enough words for it. It's changed the way uh, I view the world. It's changed my entire life. So that's really, really cool. We're going to pass it to Slater. There he is hiding in there. He's got, uh, if you've made that decision tonight, he's going to give you some more information on that. But church, let's be encouraged. Let's not try and be the big picture. Let's just find our place in it. That's what Jesus is asking us to do. Thanks, guys.